For this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast, we have Marta Spurk. Marta Spurk is a wife, triplet mom, podcaster, empowerment coach, and marketing strategist. She helps women simplify marketing their business by reducing overwhelm and procrastination when it comes to content creation, so they can step into their visibility, credibility, and profit. She does that with her five-step process called Engage to Serve, her podcast, The Empowered Woman, which has over 90,000 downloads, the Empowered Woman School Membership and Workshops. Hi there, I'm Isabel Cateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative, a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. Hi Marta, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey in starting your business and also what you now do for your business. Oh my goodness. Where to start? I officially started my business after having kids. So in 2016, I had triplets. They are five and a half, almost six. And it really put me in this whirlwind as anyone would expect with motherhood, but also with the fact that it was triplified. I'm from Brazil originally, and we actually had the babies in Brazil. We were living there at the time. My husband's American, Uh, but then we decided to move back. And that's where it stirred up all of these things of, you know, who am I? What am I going to do? Because my background is actually in languages, communication. I have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in translation, in linguistics. And this is what I really did for my whole life, built a career of 20 years. And even though it was very fulfilling and easy for me, I really loved it. I realized I needed something else. I just didn't know what it was. So I found in the possibility, in the opportunity of coaching, a potential direction for me. And with time, things evolved from you know personal development and self-acceptance, self-discovery into really helping women entrepreneurs with their marketing, it turns out. And it's interesting because I started talking more about the strategy of content creation, of visibility, of showing up. And I didn't really know that what I was doing was marketing. And it took people interpreting it and being like, oh, so you help with marketing. For me to be like, I suppose I should start saying that that's what I'm doing because that's what people are seeing. Because for me, it goes a lot deeper than that. Because when you think the majority of the time, when you think marketing, you think very to the point, You know, create this text, put this thing on your website, show up on social media. But for me, it goes a lot deeper than that because it touches on your self-confidence in in, in your self-worth and how you really show up and how you position yourself so that people will trust you. So building that relationship with your audience. So it really piggybacks on the beginnings of my business, which was me finding that for myself. So I infuse a lot of that in my marketing as well. Yeah, I love that. And I love everything that you do. And I think you know, especially as female entrepreneurs, there's so much with comparison culture and just, you know, even as a society that we live in being told, you know, that if we're kind of 
you know, really assertive, then we're bossy. And there's just all of these things that have a very negative connotation when we kind of step out into the limelight and say, you know, we're fucking killing it as CEOs and business owners and all of this. And so when you're working with clients and you're talking to them about empowerment and you have a client that's really shy and has kind of spent their whole life not being in the spotlight and now wants to be a successful business owner, but isn't used to kind of having the spotlight shine on them. How do you work with them to make them confident? So it's really in finding what that means for you, because with, with it coming easily for me, because I I'm extroverted. I love being in the spotlight. You know, I, part of my life I've spent on stages, not only as an interpreter, but singing and all the things. I understand that for people, some people, this is not the case, but at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, you are your business. And we have come to know, to realize that, especially because of social media, that when you show your face, when you show your personality, you stand out more because there is that trust factor, right? There is that resonance and the storytelling and all of those things that really sell. And so that is really the beginning is helping people understand that even if they don't want to be like the extroverted entrepreneurs that they see out there, they don't have to, they get to be who they are. And I think that's the trickiest thing is that most of us don't know what that is. We spend the majority of our lives not being who we are because we don't know who it is. So we start walking away from it, trying to find it elsewhere when it's inside the entire time. And so a lot of the process that I teach really is finding out who that is and really shining in that because that's what people connect with. But again, we grow up, you know, teenage years, adulthood, uh, really thinking the opposite, right? Running away from who we are because that's not good enough. And that's really what it takes. And it, it is a whole other journey that I think, unfortunately, hopefully it, it, it's been changing. But unfortunately, I think usually when we get into our 30s is when we're like, you know, screw the world. I'm just going to be who I am. (laughs) And I think entrepreneurship magnifies this and even, you know, becoming a mom for me magnified that as well, because I, now I have this other responsibility of really figuring out who I am so that I can help my kids figure out who they are as well. So everything went together, but it really starts with understanding yourself more and understanding that it's not about being like somebody else or doing exactly what they're doing. Cause at the end of the day, it's not going to work because it's not you. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And I think, you know, I mean, I think it is a journey and I think it is a struggle and, you know, I think it does take time. And so I've heard a lot, you know, and especially in my journey, I've kind of had to do this as someone who is a little bit more introverted, a little bit more shy, doesn't always love to be the center of attention, you know, a lot about kind of like faking it till you make it and Mm -hmm. kind of putting on almost imagining I've heard advice of like almost imagining a separate persona, if you will, that's not, obviously you're still going to be yourself and you're still showing yourself, but just imagining this almost alter ego that's running your business. So it's a little bit easier to, you know, get in front of the camera or imagine yourself kind of giving this public speech or whatever it is. And so what are your thoughts on kind of faking it till you make it or having that alter ego? I love that you brought that up because I think there's two sides to this. It's not that fake it till you make it is awful and we should never contemplate some of it because it takes you moving forward to build that confidence. So I think that's maybe a little bit of the gist of the fake it till you make it that I think is important for people to grasp in the sense that you're never going to become confident until you actually do it. And it's that constant taking of action that will help you in seeing your value and understanding that what you have the people need, and that's why you need to share it. And that's why you 
start a business to begin with, because it's not about you. It's about the people. So even if you're not feeling like the amazing person that you really are, you have to step up to that until you actually feel that. So that's the other side of the fake it till you make it is that this is how it starts, but there has to be some work into you actually believing that. So then it's not so much faking it. It's you doing the work to really believing that you know what you're talking about because people can sniff that out. People can sense the insecurities. So while it takes that to kind of create the initial movement, it can only get you so far if you're not doing that work of, no, I know what I'm talking about. And that's a lot of the work that I do with the content, with creating content is it's helping people understand that marketing is not just for the people. Marketing is for you because you build confidence in your message. You start mastering your message. You start marveling at your own wisdom. And when you're in that space of, man, I'm amazing, it comes through when you talk to people and in your content, and then they start believing that you're amazing too, because you believe it in the first place. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I, and I think too, you know, you said something interesting, you know, building confidence. I think that when you're a brand new business owner, you're naturally going to be less confident because you're still kind of trying to figure out who you're talking to and who your audience is and what your dream clients are. And I think just naturally over time as an entrepreneur, as you start to build your business, exactly as you were saying, you know, your messaging starts to get a little bit more honed in. You start to niche down, which is kind of everyone's journey of speaking to everyone and then kind of finding that, that right audience. And I think as you start to have those positive client experiences and you have those dream clients and as the you know percentage of the clients that are dream clients become higher and higher and higher you naturally start to realize that you've you know kind of gathered a more niche audience that you feel very comfortable with that's naturally drawn to you and it makes it a little bit easier to gain that confidence and feel like you're speaking to them and can actually help them right and there's different levels of confidence every time you're going to do something new that you've never done before you're not going to be as confident, just like what you said. So yeah, in starting a business, totally. But when you create a different offer or when you go do something different that you haven't done, like speaking in a public speaking in the capacity of, of a business owner, or if you're going to write a book, or if you're going to start a podcast, or if you're going to be on a podcast, you've never been before. You may be the most confident person in the world. You may be the expert, but if it's something you've never done, you're going to feel a little bit insecure. And that's where I emphasize so much the experimentation and the repetition that is involved in marketing and in content creation and in being a business owner, period, because it does take you doing something several times for you to build that confidence. You can't show up once and you can't show up once in a while for this process to work. It has to be a constant. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And so you know, when you're dealing with a business owner who's just starting out and, you know, maybe they feel confident, maybe they don't feel quite as confident as they would like to be. And they're trying to think of what content to put out there. How do you help them create content that's going to resonate with their audience and create content that's really going to establish that connections and help build that confidence? Yeah. So there's several different parts to it. The first part in terms of having your ideal client really connect with that, I've come to realize that I, for a long time, I struggled with the whole avatar thing. And inst- and, and I think those are great starting points. It's different methodologies, different things that work for different people. But for the people that I've struggled with finding a name for that person, what do they read? You know, what, what stores do they shop at? Whatever. Instead, really focusing on the psychology and the psychological profile of that person. Like, what are they feeling? What is it that really bothers them? 
and focusing on that, not so much on the demographics, because I have found that if you're getting stuck on something and it's not being productive for you, then find something else. (laughs) You know, so if trying to figure out if they're 25 years old and if they're 45 years old and if they're a woman or if they're, you know, a man, if that's getting you really stuck, especially in the content creation process, which really has to do with your offers, everything's interconnected, then don't focus on that. And to me, it has actually got me a lot more success when I decided to let go of those things. And now I attract women in their 60s, women that are grandmas and are running their business, women that are just starting out, women that are not moms, women that are single. It doesn't really matter. And it's because I haven't been focusing on that. And I feel like that's one of the struggles in terms of a niching down. Um, because we worry that we're not going to be speaking to the right people. There's all of the, you know, the the misconceptions, but focusing on the feelings because selling really is psychology. People are not really buying a product. They're not really buying a course. They're really buying a feeling they're buying at the end of the day, regardless of what you're selling, it it may be a pencil. You're helping them feel better about themselves. That's really what it is. You know, and you can quantify it in different ways. Like it's pleasure. It's this, like being very specific with what it is. But at the end of the day, everyone is helping them improve their, helping people improve their situation. So go from point A to point B in some capacity. So if you're able to convey that in your content and really create contrasts, like I know where you are now and I can take you to a different place that you, that you desire to be a different reality. That's when people resonate. And now in terms of really, really showcasing that in your content, like this is really high level. What I encourage people to think about is the steps in between the A and B, because if you're able to really hone in on the very first step, the very first thing that you need to do and break that thing down, you already sound like an expert. People already feel like they can trust you because obviously you know what you're doing because it's so simple. Oftentimes we think we don't know what to say, but the real problem is that we have so much to say, (laughs) we don't know what to focus on and where to start. And so then we're generic. We're very, very vague. And then people don't connect with that. It's a lot easier to sell in three days, you're going to lose 10 pounds than saying, I'm going to help you feel better about your body image, depending on who you are. And that's what I always bring in. It's like, if Tony Robbins says this, wow, no worries. But if you're just starting out, the more specific your promise, the better it is. Because then if I buy this, this is what I'm going to get. Like when you buy a physical thing, if I pay this money, I'm going to get this thing in the mail. So it's, it's easier, right. To understand what it is, but then it goes into why do I have to, um, I I feel like what I do is super self-explanatory. So for people that, for example, design websites, I design a website. Do you need a website? Hire me. If you don't need one, then you don't, don't need me, but it's not as obvious for the people that don't work with that. You need to make it so easy and simple for them that that's what makes it a no-brainer sale. It's like, you made this so easy for me because it's obvious that this is what I want. You know, Whether it be saving time, saving money, feeling better about myself, taking that task off of my hands so I can focus on other things. So these specifics are really what makes the sale. And the problem is that it's not that we don't know how to do it. We don't really break it down in those aspects. <laughs> right, yeah, I love that. And I wanna go back to something that you said because this is... This is like the biggest thing that I work with my clients on. And I think it's the thing that's most surprising for people is when you're not in marketing and you don't do this, I think it's very easy to think that people make decisions based on logic, right? So they're going to look at two different people's packages and they're going to be like, okay, this person has seven bullets that they offer me. And this person has nine bullet points and I'm going to choose that one. 
And that is so not how humans make decisions. It is all entirely based on emotion and the feeling that you're bringing to people and building up those no like and trust factors. And that's why, you know, it's so important to be confident and authentic in your marketing and to really show your personality and, you know, niche down as you start to understand who your, your target client is, because people, you could, you could appeal to the most logical person and try to sit there for 45 minutes explaining why your package is the best. But if you're, you know, slightly off-putting or a little bit awkward, or for whatever reason, you don't connect with that person, it doesn't matter. And I think too, when you, I always tell my clients, when you try to appeal to people on logic, that's when they have no choice, but to compare price. Mm. Like they, they don't know what else to do because you didn't really instill a certain feeling. You didn't, you know, they don't think of you and they're like, Oh my God, Marta's fucking awesome. I can't wait to talk to her. They're just like, yeah, she was a coach. This person's a coach. Like, I guess I'll take a look at the packages and the pricing. And so it's like, when you really want to start to find those dream clients and you really want to break away from that price comparison and you want people to like really remember you and be so excited to work with you. It's so important to start kind of niching down and really letting people know how they're going to feel after working with you. I think that's so important. Yeah, no, that is so true. And it really goes back to people resonate with you. And it's it's almost like they can't really say why. That's when you know you're doing a great job. It's like, yes, I don't know your energy. I just, and, and then these are the type of people that don't really need to read the sales page, right? That don't really need to ask you what all is included. Because at the end of the day, it's like, if you're really doing a great job, in being authentic, they don't really need to see all the details. They don't care. And the sales page and the information is more so for the people that are on the fence. And they're like, let me really compare, just like what you're saying. And, and then that's when you build that client base. The next thing you you release, they don't even know what it is. And they're like, oh, you just want something else. I'm in because I love you. And that's the goal, right? Is I don't need to see what it is. I just think you're awesome. <laughs> and I, I want to buy from you. And of course it is a journey and it's a journey that uh, many of us would like to bypass because we want that instant gratification of, and I've, I remember going into websites of people that would be like, Oh, I just sold out my launch. And then I would go to their sales page and it's like, there's nothing special here. What in the hell I'm doing the same thing. Like I don't understand. And it's like, well, first of all, I clearly was not their ideal client. Otherwise I would have been like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So that's one point. And second, it's just that energy, that authenticity, that confidence that people see that may not be necessarily on the sales page, but it's just the whole package that through the years you develop. And again, it, it takes, and it takes the repetition. It takes the repetition. It takes the experimentation that if you by now as a business owner have not gotten used to, then you have to. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, in keeping with the theme of confidence, I think one thing that was hardest for me was I moved around a lot and I know you can resonate with this and it can be really tough as, you know, a female entrepreneur, but also just a solopreneur or, you know, someone who only works, you know, with people who are freelancers or employees that are online only. So you're not like going into an office to really build up that network around you. And it's so important, you know, to feeling confident and also just kind of not going crazy for lack of a better term in, in having people to kind of share this experience with. So can you tell me a little bit about how you were able to stay confident as you went from place to place and kind of had to build that network up again? Yeah. So I think for me, what was the biggest thing was understanding that building relationships is also visibility for me because I'm so attracted to the whole visibility, again, super extrovert. 
I wasn't leading necessarily with, oh, I want to, you know, make friends and I want to have these people around me. But I started noticing that there was no point in, in being successful if there's nobody to, to share it with. And really, there is no success in a vacuum. You need people because if you're going to be having people buy from you, you're interacting with people. So it's all relationships. If you're not looking for relationships, then I don't know what to tell you. This is not the, the line of work <laughs> as an entrepreneur, you know. But I think for me, what, what was super helpful is in understanding that by me sharing who I am and what I do, by me asking for feedback, by me being open into hearing what other people had to say, and by me supporting other people, I was growing my business. So it's such a, uh, so many wins in one package. It's you, yes, making friends, but it's also you gaining clients. It's also you building credibility and having people refer you because the more people know you and they know you for who you are, they're not going to recommend somebody else. They're, you're going to be top of mind. Oh, I know this person that does this. And it's just an automatic thing. And that's something that I learned especially during the pandemic with everything getting shut down is the importance of leveraging paid communities. So I know we've, we've connected in, uh, through a networking community, and this has been a huge uh help. And one of the things that I attribute my growth in my business to is really understanding that there is so much value in you being in the same environment as somebody else that is committed financially. Because at the end of the day, we know for entrepreneurs, we know that when there is skin in the game, it's a different responsibility. It's a different level of commitment. So the same goes for you and golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would like to to be for people to do to you is if you want people to buy from you, if you want people to engage with you, you have to be engaging with people. You have to be hiring other people too. When you think coaches trying to sell their services and they don't even have a coach, like that's tough because you don't understand from the perspective of a consumer how that goes. It's really a give and take, which is relationships, you know? And I started learning how in me being supportive, especially in the paid communities, because there's a different level of commitment how that made me more visible, how that made me a more valuable member. In fact, in some of the memberships that I've been a member of, I actually won some awards of being a supportive member. And I have to be honest that my intention at first was I want to be seen more, but then people started seeing me more as a resource. So it was such a win that I actually started uh, loving helping, <laughs> even if that was not my first instinct in being super transparent <laughs> here with my selfish reasons, but it, it really taught me how important relationships are and you have to get out of your comfort zone and just do it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, total transparency as well. I mean, I think everyone, when they first join, you know, you have a new business and you just want to make money and start to make that business successful. So you join networking groups thinking like, okay, this is a place where I can sell. And I think, you know, the biggest lesson for me was learning how sleazy that is when someone else does it to you. Yep. And it's so unnatural and it's so uncomfortable. And I think my business really started to thrive when I actually started to think of networking as just building relationships and connecting with interesting people. And I was genuinely interested in getting to know new people and seeing how I could help them and who I could connect them to that would be a good business relationship or a potential client. And as soon as that started happening, you actually start to like networking yes. and enjoy networking. And it's now the absolute favorite thing that I do in my business. And I'd say almost hundred percent of my clients come from networking, but I no longer join networking groups or do one-to-ones and connect with people for the purpose of selling. I'm genuinely looking to create a relationship. And I think once you have that shift, 
it becomes so much nicer and it's just, it's nicer for everyone and your business really starts to grow. Totally. And I think that's something that it's really is a shift and it's something that it's not, at least for me, I haven't seen it being talked about, like it's, you know, build relationships, but what does that exactly mean? And it's really this, the small shift that is actually a huge shift. And it's almost something you can't really put your finger on until it actually happens inside your own brain of, I'm just going to go out there and be supportive. And I know it's going to come back to me and because it's not like, you can't really quantify it. It's like, but I don't know how this works. I just want to sell my stuff because we want instant gratification, but it really works. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I completely agree with you. I think, you know, when you're starting a business and, you know, I, for example, met with so many people back when I was starting my wedding planning business, like, how do I get clients? How do I do this? And I completely agree with you that nobody says like, get to know people and, you know, like just, just make connections. Everyone is like build relationships and network. And so you don't know what that means. And so you think that means go to a networking event and sell yourself. Mm -hmm. It's like, if people were just more transparent that, you know, obviously it, it has to be a mental shift from within and you have to kind of learn that lesson. But I think, I think I could have gotten the hang of it a lot earlier. If people had said it's about building relationships and getting to know people, it is not about just standing in a room and trying to sell your product. Yeah. Well, and I think with anything that doesn't come as naturally or it doesn't seem as comfortable to us, like any habit, like exercising, eating healthy, there has to be those other little wins involved. And for me, that's where I feel like this shift happened so fast or, you know, so, so easily once I started really getting into it and participating in these groups was because, hold on a second, I can be more visible. I can meet cool people and I can get business, you start having fun. And that's where things start happening. And, and, and this goes for anything in, in business and in life is when you start making that thing more obvious and more rewarding, <laughs> then you start actually getting results out of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's funny, right? How that works, how when one thing gets positive, more things end up being more positive as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a ripple effect. So when people are, you know, if they haven't really done a ton of networking in their business, or if they're just starting a business or they just moved somewhere new, what are some tips that you have for kind of finding different networking groups? And, you know, if you want to call out specific groups too, we can put those in the show notes if there are groups that you have found to be really successful for you. Yeah. So besides the group that we met, uh, that I've been almost a year in, which is book Dot powerhouse, which I think is phenomenal for that specific reason. Cause the focus is on relationships. The first group that I really was a part of that really, uh, fostered this and really taught me the importance of being supportive and how that comes back to you was this program called tribe. It's focused on building memberships, which again, goes back into building relationships. And I didn't really know that until I actually got, I was like, I want to have a membership because that's a different offer to have for my business. Like again, very selfish (laughs) reasons. And then you start seeing all these other people with different businesses in different levels and different stages of their journey. And you get, start getting so inspired by them. You want to learn from them, but you also see people that are a few steps uh, behind from you. And you're like, oh, I can help you build a landing page. I can help you, you know, brainstorm for your freebie. And a lot of it, you know, in growing my business and really finding my message came from being a part of Tribe because I started seeing how there is so much power in sharing. And really that's what we do as business owners is understanding that your knowledge can help somebody else. Like it's really about them. It's not about yourself. So that is another group that I really, really like is Tribe, which is, it's a a course. They launch it once a year. Uh, but they have different offerings and different ways of getting in touch uh, with them. It's um, the mentor's name is Stu McLaren and he's based in Canada. 
So off the top of my head, I would say those two have been really huge in helping me build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many good groups. And I think, you know, Polka Dot Powerhouse is worldwide. Yeah. So I think that's really good. And then I'll also put in the show notes, some others that are more local from all the different places that I've hopped around to. And I think one thing that I at least was really nervous about was when COVID hit, you know, as I was mentioning, and I think most service-based businesses see that networking is like almost a hundred percent of their clients. I was so worried that my business was just going to basically start failing because I didn't know how that was going to be. And so I was so thankful that all of these groups were able to pivot very quickly and really move things to online. And, you know, it's not quite the same as grabbing coffee with someone in person, but what I really liked about it was I ended up connecting with people in so many different areas that I wouldn't have connected with ordinarily because we would have just stayed in groups that were kind of local to us. And so how did you find it, you know, with an online business networking online, did you find that your business grew during COVID? Did you have struggles during COVID? Oh my gosh, that's when it grew the most. And it's interesting because in 2019 was when I, my kids actually started going to preschool. So it was like my freedom year when I started networking in person and meeting people, going out for coffee, all those things, which I was dying to do without having to take kids with me. So it was great. But then 2020 came around and I was like, I lost my freedom. It only lasted a year. I don't know what's going on, but it actually, I, I, I think for the most part, especially in the groups that I was in, and especially uh, uh, polka dot, the transition was really great because it, it was a lot less time consuming in terms of having to coordinate. My goodness, you weren't spending as much money with lunch and coffee too. So that was nice. No commute. And I, I feel like things grew for me more because of having the focus right? Uh, and having more time to do it. And, and with that, being more intentional too, because then you have the opportunity to meet a lot of people. And, and we, we talked about this before when we connected, it's like you get into this world and it's like, I'm going to be talking to people all day long. And then you really need to hone in on what are the actual activities in my business that need my attention so that I'm not just meeting with people haphazardly. I actually have an intention behind it so that it has an ROI for me as well. Because again, we have to be intentional and strategic, even when we're talking, you know, small talk, getting to know people, like the more strategic you are about these things, the more results you're going to get so that you're not, you know, wasting time or putting a lot of time in things that are not really generating a return. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up. I think, you know, one tip that I have for business owners is, you know, it can be, as you were saying, so tempting, you go to a meeting and someone wants to meet with you and you can't wait and you just want to connect with people. But I think it can be really helpful when you do have a good connection with somebody to ask that person if they know any like-minded people that they think would be a good connection for you. Because I find that when I have people that I really just vibe with, they tend to have other people that I also vibe with because they've surrounded themselves in you know a similar community. And so I think that can be really helpful if you're going to a networking event and you kind of feel like you have a connection with one person and then use that person to find other people versus kind of feeling a little bit lost and being like, okay, I need to, I, you know, I, I have to reach out to five people from this networking event or whatever it is. Yeah, no, that's a great strategy because then it's already like that person has that trust factor of my friend recommended that we connect. It's, and, and this is what I feel really with the polka dots is we're all in this community together. So back to what I was saying in paid communities, especially we're all in there for this purpose. So it's almost like you have this thing in common right away. Like when you, somebody friends you and you see that they're a part of the group and you're like, oh my gosh, you're also in this group. Let's connect. Let's talk. 
Like it, it already builds that trust. It's almost like you skip some steps in the dating quote unquote process of n- networking. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And also I have been really, really, the more I grow into my business, learning to trust myself and learning to listen to myself, to my intuition, to my gut as to when you meet with people, there are different levels of resonance. I think there are some people that really struck a chord with you. There are some stories that really stick with you and we need to pay attention to that. And if, you know, if you meet with somebody and you got emotional or it brought something up for you, make it a point to reconnect with that person. See if there's a way to collaborate or just check in on them. And that has been another thing for me that has strengthened relationships is following those nudges. Because oftentimes, you know, you have the analytical people that are like, I have this spreadsheet with all the people. I know you said that you do that. You know, I have, you know, notes. And I think that is very, very great. But let's be intentional in continuing on the process because that's how you strengthen those relationships too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we were talking about this last time, but I have a a color code where when I connect with someone and it's not, it's not the best connection, you know, they're a wonderful person, but I just don't feel like we can really help each other. I mark them as red. And so I just know if they ever reach out to me in the future to say like, you know, it was wonderful connecting with you previously. I'm so sorry. I don't have the time or I'm just not gonna be able to make this work. And then I have yellow, um, which is more like, maybe like, I want to keep an eye on them and I kind of want to think about it. And they're not a total no, but they're also not a 100% resounding yes. And then I have people in green, which is exactly what you're talking about, where we just have such a good connection. We completely hit it off. And, you know, once a quarter or so I'll go through my spreadsheet and take a look at all of the greens and make sure that I'm really reconnecting with those people and building up relationships with those people, because, you know, everything we're talking about in this episode, relationships are so important. And, I think so many times you connect with someone and then you don't write it down. You don't take notes. You kind of forget about them. And that's a complete relationship and someone that you could have had that would have been a potential really great long-term friendship. And if neither one of you kind of put in the effort to continue it, then it can drop. Totally. And this reminds me of, um, I've noticed about me because I'm so like outspoken and I'm, I'm always up for trying things new things and having fun. It's just really what my personality is like that at times I feel like I know that I struggle with like FOMO, you know, I could be everywhere and I could be talking to all these people and I didn't respond to this. And it was an opportunity that I missed. And again, the more I grow, and I think it comes with maturity and age as well. (laughs) I hate to say it. You start noticing that things will come. So you don't have to worry so much about that. And instead focus on those things that clearly were a yes, which is exactly what you're saying. Like, cause I think for some people, I think for me, some people are more good with boundaries of like, it, it was definitely, I know like what you're saying, but when you're saying that to me, a part of me is like, oh my gosh, but if they reached out, I think I would, you know, and I'm learning and maybe this will be helpful for people that are more like me to be like, it's not that I burning bridges and that I'm never talking to this person again, but it's just, again, that self-trust and, and knowing what works for you, what resonates with you and trusting that it's what you need and what's going to help you grow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Well, as we wrap up, I love to ask this of all my guests, if you could go back to when you were first starting your business, what is one piece of advice that you wish someone had given to you that would have made your journey a little bit easier? Oh my goodness. That's a tough one. (laughs) Oh gosh. I think it really goes back to embracing the journey and knowing that really it's cliche. I always say it's a cliche because it's true. You are exactly where you need to be. If you were to be farther ahead, 
it's because you were supposed to be farther ahead and it worked out that way. Where you are right now is the lesson that you're supposed to be learning. And I truly believe that until you learn a certain lesson, you can't go past that. It's kind of like a video game. You have to master that one. <laughs> Unless, otherwise, it keeps coming back. And there's a reason for that because our mind is not there yet. You know, your mindset has not evolved past that. So be grateful for where you are because there are lessons in there. And it really goes back into gratitude, being grateful for where for where you are so that you can then move on to the next thing, but not be in the FOMO, in the anticipation of, oh my gosh, I hate where I am. And I truly believe that there is no satisfaction when you're coming from that place, because when you reach that next thing, it's not going to feel good either. So why not choose to feel good where you are? <laughs> yeah, I really like that. And I think as someone who is super antsy and always wants to be like 50 steps ahead of where I am, mm-hmm. Me too. it has taken a lot of like internal work to just be satisfied with the place that I am. Can I be grateful for being here? What can I learn from being here? And so I think that's really good advice. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So tell everyone where they can find you, how they can work with you. Yes. So I'm Marta Spurk all across social media. You can go to my website, martaspurk.com or just find me um, as well on social media with my name. And I have my podcast, the Empowered Woman Podcast. My main offer is my membership. It's called the Empowered Woman School, obviously to empower you as a woman, as an entrepreneur, personal growth, business growth, focus on content creation, strategy, marketing, all of the things. I do also work one-on-one and have uh, group coaching programs that focus on relationships and also on content creation. So I'd love to connect. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being here. It is always so fun catching up with you. Yes, you too. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.